Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, like to join in our discussion today, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, if you're local, like to join in on our discussion today, have a praise report, want to have something you'd like to say, the Holy Spirit put it on your heart, call us, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That number would be 800-366-8883. I say again, to join in on our discussion today, you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live, video and audio, through uh, KKVV's website, which is www kkvv.com brother vernon and i are waving to you okay. amen and we're also being streamed live on our website which is save the lost at all costs which is www.savethelostlv.org if you've missed any of our previous broadcasts please go to our website again www.savethelostlv.org just click on the date you like to listen to the gospel is always free on our watch it's totally free to listen we have a lot of wonderful resources just procure it, get blessed, tell somebody about it. Also, we're being archived on iTunes. You know, that's through Apple. Again, save the loss at all costs. Totally free on Apple's watch and on our watch. Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Vernon, there is a cell phone number that someone can call to listen to the radio ministry today and to listen to the uh, KKVV, correct? Amen. That number is 563 3194. Once again, 563-999-3194. And uh, tune in. Amen. Uh, in addition to that, KKVV, Christian Talk Radio here in Las Vegas. You can catch us on the AM dial, which is 1060 AM, and on the FM dial, 101.5 FM. Now to my right, you may see him to your left, is my dear brother in Christ. That would be Vernon J. Davis, Jr. I'd just Amen. like to say, Brother Vernon, how are you, man I'm of God? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm in the land of the living, so I will oh, not complain. Nice. So, Brother Vernon, uh, we have a great discussion that we have going forward today, Amen. and that is, what does the Holy Bible teach about Christ's birthday? Again, our question today uh, is, what does the Holy Bible teach about Christ's birthday? Now, Brother Vernon, you had something you wanted to share? Do you want to do that? Sure. All right, um, let's, have... let's get to it, Brother, because okay. we got a lot to discuss today. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll share... And you have to bear with me. I'm not a performer. I'm a writer. Uh, it's my uh, Christmas poems. And the first one is called Man with the Golden Wings, which I wrote originally in 77. 
um, and I've been using it every year since uh, to pass out and share. It is Christmas Eve, and the snow is falling on a lonely little house in the countryside. Come, let us go inside and listen. In this house, a little girl lies asleep in her bed, but sleep she doesn't stay, for she's awakened by a bright light instead. The light comes through her bedroom window with warming colors. And when she looks out a window, she sees a man with wings on his back, golden wings at that. Mama, Mama, come look, come see. The little girl runs out of room as she cries. I just saw a man with golden wings outside. He's tall and handsome with a great big smile, and his arms are full of nice shiny things. Mama, who do you think this man is with golden wings? Slowly her mother looks up from her rocking chair. She is still young with fair eyes, but now has gray hair. Hush, girl, she barely speaks in a soft whisper. Don't come running in here telling me bold-faced lies. Your mama ain't feeling well, and there ain't no man with golden wings outside. Oz knows she's excited because Christmas is coming, but ain't no lion going to make Don come and running. But, but, mama, I ain't lying. I did see this man outside. He, he had a halo on his head, too, to go with his big smile. His wings moved slowly to keep the snow off them. And he wanted to say something to me. But I ran in here so I could get you to see this man with golden wings. Honey, listen, your eyes can play tricks on you. And the snow can make you see things, too. I remember when I was excited for Christmas at your age. I saw a giant lion with a great big white beard. Hmm, it was nothing but a dream, but I sure was scared. The little girl hangs her head and quietly says, Mama, I'm sorry. Baby, that's all right. But listen, child, I know we haven't had much in our way of living, and hardly anyone nowadays has been in the spirit for giving. But you know I've tried to make things right for both of us since your daddy died, so for your daddy we both have to survive. Tell me more about daddy. What was he like? Your daddy was a God-fearing man who died before you was born, and he died seven years ago on Christmas morn. He was on his way home with presents in his arms when he was lost in the snow, and he never knew he would have a daughter. He never knew he would be a father. Was he a nice man? Of course he was. But enough of this. Go on back to bed and get some rest. And when you get up, I'll have you a good, hot breakfast. The little girl gives her mother a hug and whispers, Merry Christmas, Mama, and slowly turns away. Merry Christmas to you, sweetheart. Her mother replies while watching her daughter's silent stroll as she suddenly feels the lone emptiness of her own lonely soul. Quietly she rises from her rocking chair, walking to her own room with much pain to bear. She climbs into bed, wiping away her tears, and glancing out a window she feels a slight fear. And when sleep descends on her eyelids, she asks God, does anyone really care? Mama, Mama, wake up, wake up, he really was here, the little girl's voice rings in her mother's ear. Come look, come look, see for yourself, she says while pulling and dragging her mother out of bed to see what Christmas Day had bred. By the bedroom windows laid many pretty gifts, nestled comfortably in a glittering snowdrift, toys and clothes all neatly arrayed, placed carefully with love and harmony by the man with the golden wings. But the most surprising gift of all that the mother only saw was her husband's wedding ring. She slowly bends down and picks it up while her daughter asks, Mama, was he an angel? Yes, dear, her mother replies, and much more. He was your daddy. Come home. It is Christmas Day, and the snow has stopped falling, and the lonely little house in the countryside for today isn't so lonely. All right. Thank you for sharing, Brother Vernon. Amen. And our topic for today is what does the Holy Bible teach about Christ's birthday? That would be Jesus Christ's birthday. Amen? Amen. So December 25th, which is today, is recognized as Jesus Christ's birthday in the United States. During Reformation, 
and up until the middle of the 1800s, Christmas was often not celebrated because partying and merrymaking was seen as unchristian. From about 1840, celebrating Christmas became more widespread. December 25th was declared a federal holiday in the United States in 1870 by President Ulysses S. Grant. For those of you who aren't familiar with the term Reformation, it is referring to the Protestant Reformation, which was a major 16th century European movement aimed initially at reforming the beliefs and practices of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, the Pilgrims who came to America in 1620 were strict Puritans with firm views on religious holidays such as Christmas and Easter. They believed that the scriptures did not name any holiday except the Sabbath. Furthermore, they believed the very concept of holy days implied that some days were not holy. They for whom all days are holy can have no holiday was a memorial Puritan guide for living. The upper classes in ancient Rome celebrated December 25th as the birthday of the sun god Mithras. That's spelled M-I-T-H-R-A. It's also a Persian god and a god that is in Iran as well because before Iran was called Iran, it was Persia. The date fell in the middle of Saturnala, that's spelled S-A-T-U-R-N-A-T-I-A, which was a celebration that celebrated the god Saturn. And it was a month-long holiday dedicated to food, drink, and revelry, which are wild parties and orgies. A lot of drinking. Pope Julius I is said to have chosen that day to celebrate Christ's birthday as a way of co-opting the pagan rituals. Beyond that, the Puritans considered it historically inaccurate to place the Messiah's arrival on December the 25th. They thought Jesus had been born sometime in September. So we're going to look at a couple of verses in the Bible. And then we're going to move on. But I would like to say this. Birthdays were not celebrated in the first century Christian church. Nothing in the Bible or early writings that Jesus, the apostles, or any true Christians ever celebrated birthdays. So let's look about Jesus' birth. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures. I want you to go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8, man of God. We're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We got a lot to get through, so I'm going to help you today. So you start off with that. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, from the New King James Version. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Keep going. Okay. So it said that shepherds were out in the field, right? Uh-huh. Keeping watch. Okay. So Christmas falls in winter there's no way the shepherds could stay out all night keeping watch over their flock in in december in winter okay so now we're going to go to matthew 1 verse 23 
Matthew 1, verse 23. Okay, Matthew 1, verse 23, the Word of God says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Amen. So, now we need to go to Matthew 24, and we're looking at verse 20. Matthew 24, verse 20. And pray that your f- flight may be n- may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Hmm. You see that again? Mm-hmm. All right. It says, pray that your flight, right? Right. May not occur when? In winter or on the Sabbath. All right. So now we're going to go to John 10, and we're going to look at verses 30 and 38. Okay, John 10, verse 30. Through 38. I and my Father are one. Then the, Verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. 32. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? 33. The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. 34. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? 35. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Verse 36. Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? Verse 37. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. 38. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. So he and the Father are one, one. right? Amen. Do we celebrate God's birthday? God the Father? No. He and the Father are one, right? Right. So just hold on to that. That's a spiritual nugget I just gave you. Okay, let's talk about some birthdays that happen in the Word of God. There's only three birthdays that are mentioned in the Bible. And the first one we're going to find is Genesis. So we're going to go to Genesis uh, chapter 40, and we're going to look at uh, somebody named Pharaoh, who's an Egyptian king, and we're going to see what happens on that birthday. So we're going to look at verses 1 through 23, uh, Genesis chapter 40. Again, we're in the New King James Version. So, man of God, you ready? Ready. Verses 1 through 23. Mm-hmm. So, whole chapter. Chapter 40, starting at verse 1 out of Genesis, New King James Version. 1. It came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. 2. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. 3. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison the place where Joseph was confined. Verse 4. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, so they were in custody for a while. 5. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in prison, had a dream, both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. 6. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. 7. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? 8. And they said to him, We each had had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. 
So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Verse 9. Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream a vine was before me. 10. And in the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded, it blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Verse 11. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Verse 12. And Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. 13. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. 14. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. Verse 15. For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. Verse 16, when the chief baker saw that their interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, I also was in my dream, and there were three white baskets on my head. 17, in the uppermost basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. 18, so Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation of it, the three baskets are three days. Verse 19, within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. Verse 20, now it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief faker among his servants. Verse 21, then he restored the chief butler to his butlership again, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Verse 22, but he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Verse 23, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph. So on Pharaoh's birthday, what did he do, man of God? He lifted up one, and he lifted up the head off the other. That's a heck of a birthday party, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. Yes, it is. And he had a big party. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Reveries. So that's the first birthday that's mentioned. Now let's go to the book of Job. There's another birthday party mentioned. We're going to look at Job chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 4 and 5. Then we're going to drop down to verses 18 and 19. Okay? So the book of Job chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 and then verses 18 and 19. Chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. The book of Job verse 4. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Verse 5. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning, and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. And what was it? Job. The next one. Okay, you called him Job, but it's Job. Job. Yeah, at the last part. It's not a problem. I'm here with you. Thank you. So, do you see where he had seven sons? Mm -hmm. And what did they do on their appointed day? Party. They had feasts. um, And and invited the sisters sisters. over. Mm -hmm. And it concerned Job so much Mm -hmm. that he prayed Mm -hmm. and offered burnt offerings. Mm -hmm. Now, we know at that particular time 
there was no servant finer in all the land than Job. Amen. Yet Job had calls on a birthday celebration of his seven sons to make burnt offerings and pray and intercess for them. For them. Right. In case they may, they may have, have cursed sinned. God right. or sinned. Mm-hmm. This is prolific. This is a birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, by the time we get down to verse 18, Satan has already come. Amen. And he has ordered the sons of God to appear. So Satan has appeared. So let's read down to verses 18 and 19. I, I want everybody to get this. So just go ahead and continue from 6 all the way down to 19. 19. I don't okay. want anybody to miss this. All right, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Verse 8, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? 9, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Verse 10, Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions, and have increased in the land. 11. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. 12. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. 14. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. 15. When the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. 16. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. 17. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. 18. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. Verse 19. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, I want you to look at the first couple of verses of chapter 3. So let's read about the first three verses of Job. There was a man in the land of... You reading chapter 3? Oh, chapter 3. I'm sorry. Yeah, go to chapter 3. Okay, sorry about that. Let's read the first couple of verses. Chapter 3, first uh, two verses, first one. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Verse 2, and Job spoke and said... Verse 3, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was said, A male child is conceived. He cursed his own birth. Now, he's not the only one that's cursed his own birth. 
Jeremiah cursed his own birth as well. And we'll get to that. But I want to show you now. This is the second birthday celebration Mm -hmm. that's mentioned in the Bible. So let's get to the third and final birthday celebration that's mentioned in the Bible. We're going to go to Matthew 14. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 11. But I want to go to uh, Jeremiah shortly thereafter that to show that he cursed his own birth as well. Mm -hmm. Matthew 14. Verses 3 through 11. Okay. Out of the New King James Version still. Matthew chapter 14 verse 3. For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Verse 4. Because John had said to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. Verse 5. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. Six, but when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Seven, therefore he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Verse eight, so she, having been prompted by her mother, said, Give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. Nine, and the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. Verse 10, so he sent and had John beheaded in prison. 11, and the head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. John the Baptist, we've read about, right? Amen. Joseph gave interpretations of Pharaoh's servants, and Pharaoh had a big party, and what did he do? He, he had a public display of killing one of his Trusted and noble servants, right? The baker. Mm-hmm. Then we see Job prayed about birthdays with his sons and was concerned to the point where he offered burnt offerings and interceded, right? Amen. Amen. And then Satan showed up with the sons of God. And then God told Satan he could do anything but take his life. And all the children lost their lives. So these are the only three birthdays that are mentioned in the Bible. So the thing is, we're still getting to the point of Christ's birthday, what it teaches. But see, the Old Testament is always harmonious with the New Testament. So if there's something happening In the New Testament, Mm -hmm. you would be able to see it as a forerunner or precursor in the Old Testament because it's harmonious. It's the word of God. It does not contradict itself. God is the same of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's that same God. Now, I'm going to ask you, Abraham is known as the father of us all. The Bible does not record his birth date, and he was truly... A great servant of God. Amen. Amen. Moses was referred to as the meekest man on the face of the earth. We'll find that in the book of Numbers chapter 12 verse 3. But the Bible does not tell us when he was born either. Then we look at King David. The man who was after God's own heart. We find that in Acts 13 verses 21-22. But the Bible does not record the day that he was born. 
the Bible is also silent on the exact dates of birth of God's faithful servants, Jacob, Sarah, Noah, Abel, Samuel, Job, Esther, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Paul, Peter, James, which is Christ's brother, and the rest of the apostles. Even the birth date of Jesus Christ goes unrecorded in the Bible. There are those who said it happened December the 25th. We read verses earlier that give credence that it couldn't have happened in December. That is not what's important. The Bible does not teach us about birthdays. Amen? Amen. And the ones that we did see, they were absolute disaster. Oh, so let's get into what God really talks about, okay? And so, he talks about Jesus' death. Now, when you go to the book of Exodus, and you look at the entire chapter of 12, it establishes the the Passover and when it was instituted by God in the house of Israel. Now, that's the whole entire chapter, Exodus 12. So let's go to Leviticus chapter 23, and let's look at verses 4 and 5. Chapter 23. Right. So God does tell us the exact month and day when his son has died. This is what he focuses on. Because we cannot have life until Jesus had died. Amen? Amen. And rose again. So that's what's important. Because that's what saves you, man of God. That's when salvation is happening. And that's what we should be concentrating on. And that's what God would have us concentrate on. Because... The pagans celebrated king's birthdays. Mm -hmm. And God instructs us not to be like the heathens. Not to be like the pagans. That's what they do. They celebrate birthdays. And have these wild, riotous parties. So, we look at all the money that's being spent during the holiday season, Vernon. It's billions of dollars. And some people are not even talking about Christ because that's not what it's about. It's about exchanging gifts. It's about having parties. It's about eating until you're about to bust. It's about drinking to uh, oblivion. Decorations. Ornaments. Trees. There trees that are important in the Bible one of them is a fig tree what did Adam and Eve sow together when they were discovered to be naked leaves but what kind of leaves wasn't fig leaves there was fig leaves right (laughs) so that has to be associated with the tree of knowledge of good and evil Mm -hmm. you have olive trees right so you know palm trees Palm Sunday, what does that represent? That represented the coming of our Lord. Amen? Amen. So there are three trees that are prominent in the Bible. The olive tree, the fig tree, and the palm tree. That's just three trees 
that really have some spiritual significance. There are others, but those three have the most spiritual significance. And we'll get into that later, but not on this particular segment. So you are looking at Leviticus chapter 23, and we're looking at verses 4 and 5. Is that correct? Yes. Verse 4, these are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. Verse 5, on the fourteenth day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. All right, now we're going to go to Numbers, chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. It's giving you a specific date, and it's telling you what we're to do on that specific date, and that's to celebrate his death. Okay, Numbers, chapter 9, mm-hmm. verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, 2. Let the children of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. 3. On the fourteenth day of this month, at twilight, you shall keep it at its appointed time. According to all its rites and ceremonies, you shall keep it. 4. So Moses told the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. 5. And they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the first month at twilight. In the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did. Now, let's go to Matthew 26, verses 1 and 2. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. This is just amazing, man of God. Amazing. Matthew chapter 26, verse 1. Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, that he said to his disciples, verse 2, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to the be crucified. Which means... But did you see what happened in, like I said, the whole 12th chapter of Exodus Mm -hmm. establishes the Passover. Then we see what they're supposed to do in Leviticus 23. Again, what they're supposed to do in Numbers chapter 9. Now, Jesus speaks himself in Matthew 26 and tells you about the Passover and when he will be delivered up, the Son of Man. Amen? Now, let's go to John 18 and let's look at verse 28. You just got to get excited about this. John 18, verse 28. Mm-hmm. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. They're from the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. So they can't have blood on their hands, else they would not be able to partake in the Passover. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to have anything to do with the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. They just handed over. So guess what? They can keep what God told them to keep. Mm-hmm. And that is the Passover. And that was established in Exodus 12. Mm-hmm. Yet this is about fulfilling the prophecy. But they can't have the blood on their hands. Amen. But they will keep the Passover no matter what. Do you understand what I'm saying to you, man of God? Yes. And and this is to crucify our Lord and Savior. But they will keep the Passover no matter what. Romans, you do that. 
we we must keep the Passover because that establishes us as the house of Israel. Amen. Amen. So you have to see how serious they were about that. <clears throat> so they had to do it. They had to do it because God told them that that's what they had to do. It doesn't say anything about a birthday. It says everything about his death. Because that's when we became reconciled to him. The wages of sin are what? Are death. So who is going to take care of that for us? But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that's what God wants us to focus on, man of God. So let's look at Mark 7. And let's look at verses 6, 7, and 8. We're going to go to Mark 7, 6, 7, and 8. And I believe Jesus is speaking here. Mark 7, starting at verse 6. He answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 7, And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Verse 8, For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. So, again, he's speaking about traditions of men. That they are taking precedent Mm -hmm. in men's lives over what God has taught. And he says, you try to do this to honor me. You can only worship in spirit and in truth. These men were not worshiping in spirit and in truth. They were worshiping in man's tradition. When we opened up the program, we talked about when Christmas was first recognized in the United States. That's 1870. Mm-hmm. Before that, it wasn't recognized. When the first pilgrims came over here, they did not recognize it because it didn't have anything to do with the Sabbath and it was not taught in the scriptures. You cannot put it into the scriptures now. It wasn't there then. It's mm-hmm. not there now. Mm-hmm. Because part of the problem with the Reformation that was happening in Europe In the 16th century, when they called the Catholic Church into question, the Catholic Church was pretty much agreeing that works could get you into heaven. Well, then that totally eliminates the doctrine of grace. And it totally eliminates faith. Because you can pay indulgences. Because they were raising money at the time Mm -hmm. to build the church at St. Peter. Mm. So they were taking all kinds of money. They would bless you all kinds of ways. They would forgive all kinds of sin. It was a business. And Martin Luther nailed 95 treatises that he had against them. And that meant, let's have a debate about it. See, when somebody brought a claim against you, mm-hmm. they, nailed, they nailed it on your door. And that meant that we need to have a debate about it. And that's what he did. 
mainly because it was split in the church. If you have the doctrine of works, then you can't have the doctrine of grace. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. Right, right. And works without faith is what? Dead. So we have a serious issue here. And they wanted to straighten it out. Mm -hmm. So we have a serious issue here, man of God. The Bible does not teach us to celebrate Christ's birthday. It does not teach us to celebrate birthdays. Matter of fact, it teaches us a lot about death. And let's continue to look. Now, we talked about Jeremiah earlier, didn't we? So let me find what I have here about Jeremiah. Because I indicated that uh, he also cursed his birth. So let me find my notes here in Jeremiah and and get to it. And while I'm looking for that, uh, man of God, let's continue to dwell in this a little bit more. I want us to go to Jeremiah chapter 10, mm-hmm. and we're going to look at verse 2, and we're going to look at verse 3. All right, Jeremiah chapter 10, Yes. verse 2, and, and verse, verse 3. And verse 3. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Verse 2, thus say the Lord... Do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. Verse 3. No, we're going to go to verse 10. Verse 10? Verse 2, right? That was verse 2. And then we need to go to verse... uh, 10? Yes. Okay. Verse 10. No, no. Jeremiah 2 and 3. Excuse me. I apologize. Chapter 10. You already read verse 2. Now you need to go to verse 3. Right. Okay. Chapter 10. I'll start over. Okay. Chapter 10, Jeremiah, starting at verse 2. Do not learn the way, thus says the Lord. Do not learn the way of Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. Verse 3. For the customs of the peoples are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the works of the hands of the workmen with the axe. So, he talked about customs again, mm-hmm, correct? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is when you haven't come into the full knowledge of God, then you are really saddled with what What, what do you have? But traditions. Amen. What do you have? But rituals. Amen. What do you have? You have nothing that is going to, you know, bring you into understanding that death is coming for all of us. But where we live after we die is something that we have to make a decision on. And we're not going to be able to do it, uh, man of God, if we're constantly allowing ourselves to usurp God's authority and study something that is not scriptural. And that's why a lot of us are weak. Is it because we want to rely on man's traditions? Now, the history is there. And you don't have to take my word for it. 
but I encourage you to do your due diligence and find out about when this is a holiday. And a holiday is not a holy day. Amen. There's a difference. Amen. They sound alike, right. but they don't mean the same thing. Holy equates to God. Holiday equates to a paid day off. Amen. And there's no commitment to have a holiday. But there is a commitment when you recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. There has been a conversion in you, man of God. And you appreciate and you receive the eternal gift that was already and has always been available to you. It's always there. Exactly. So, Brother Vernon, I challenge people, does your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, want you to be in debt for something that is not about him? Uh, based on my research in the United States, the average money that's spent for this holiday is about $752 per person. That has nothing to do with God. It has nothing at all to do with him. Because we see that he is about what happens in death. Because that's when the prophecy was fulfilled, right? Amen. The death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His birthday doesn't save you. Right. I was just thinking I'm way below average. <laughs> Well, I think I'm, I'm glad to. <laughs> well, 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 the thing is, Brother Vernon, there are a lot of people who are more than making up for your below averageness. Yes, and it's like, but um, what's the word? I had it. It's, it's, I'm going to say addictive. It's like. But but my my, my the thing, wrong pursuit. I guess the word is. I mean, when you, you know, I had up. I know we had talked about it earlier, and I said two thousand because the way people act is just like it's the most important thing ever, and there's nothing about. Christ, well, some people will say it's about Jesus or Christ, but it's more about something else. Well, my whole thing is that if it is about Him, then it should be scripturally based. Right. I don't have a problem with what you think it's about. There are people who don't believe God exists. Why? Because they say so. God exists whether you accept it or believe it or not. So I think Jesus knows what is important. And he said he and the Father are one. Amen. We read that. Amen. So if God is not celebrating his birthday, the Holy Spirit definitely is not celebrating Amen. the birthday. And that's not what he came to do. That's what the Romans did. Why would Jesus represent the Roman Empire. He didn't. He chastised the leaders of the Jewish community because they were having alliances with Rome. Now, you heard of a Roman emperor named Caligula, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, guess what? He was trying to put a golden statue of himself in the temple. And the Jewish people would not allow it. The Jewish leaders would not allow it. They were ready to have total apocalypse. Mm -hmm. 
didn't allow that to happen. So do you understand what I'm saying to you? Amen. So if you have that kind of righteous indignation, have that kind of righteous indignation as to what the word of God says. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm asking you to believe what the word of God says. Amen. And if you're celebrating and you're doing something to honor Christ, then why don't you look and see what Christ says about honoring him? And we're going to take this call, but I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to take the caller, and then we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 24 and 26, and then 54 through 56. But we're going to take the call right now. Amen? Amen. Thank you for waiting. You're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. Greetings, woman of God. Greetings, and how are you, man of God? I'm wonderful. I just wanted to call in. Thank you so much for teaching us the truth about what's going on. You know, uh, holy is it's what God is. And all this paganism stuff that goes on, you know, the world has adapted to it. And God is very jealous because he said, do not worship anything of the idol. And I'm so grateful that over the years I've learned by, by reading and getting an understanding. Amen. But it's so important that you continue on teaching the truth because so many of us still does the paganist thing. And I said to myself this year, I said, this is the last year I'm going to be a part of it. And I asked God to forgive me because cause I Amen. grew up like that. Amen. Now it's wrong. I know it's wrong. And I don't want my grandkids to come up thinking that we got to have a tree up, which is paganist, and all these different things. Mm-hmm. I want to serve God because my soul is at stake. Amen. Well, Amen. praise God. We we surely accept that praise report. That is wonderful. And, you know, and Br- you- Brother Charles, I-, I want you to know this, that there are a lot of churches that you can go to right now, and they have big celebrations. And uh, yeah. they, they encourage this because this is one of the days where they get the most people to come. You know, and you I can, and you can believe that they're asking a lot for money. I mean, you know, it it is what it is. So my whole thing I, is that I'm not mad at them for doing what they're doing. We have a responsibility to study the scriptures and to know them for ourselves. You know, people can follow man's traditions, but at the end of the day, I have to give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ. When I know the word, I've studied the word, I've accepted the word, I've accepted to be his daughter, to walk in obedience. There's blessings for obedience. So I cannot stand before the Lord Jesus Christ when he has given me the word, he has confirmed the word and taught me the word. That I stand in front of him and say, well, you know, the church that I went to, they did that. He said, but what did I tell you? At the end of the day, we have to understand the church, the choir, the elders, the ushers, all those people that you see, they won't be standing with you. And that's that's true because he said... They won't be standing with you. Your mom won't be standing with you. You'll be have to give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ about your conduct your commission and your omission. So I thank you, man of God, for sharing that with us and wanting to teach your family uh, what God has instructed. It's not it's well, not hard. It's, it's not, not hard. hard. We share the good news. The good news is not his birth. The good news is his death. And we shouldn't fear death because that's when we'll be with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you, Sister Nina. God bless and you. I, I, I'm going to stay on the road of being a servant. Amen. And teach, teach those who do not know 
what this day is because it's totally confusing to the kids that are coming up. Amen. And we don't want generation after generation coming up like that. Amen. Because God, God is not pleased with that. Amen. Well, I can tell you there's no Santa Claus in the Bible. There's no Christmas tree in the Bible. Uh, because that's not what God teaches. Now, somebody that's else true. teaches that, but he doesn't teach that in his holy scriptures. And the Amen. thing is, is that if we know better, we need to do better. Do Amen. 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 That's all I'm encouraging my sisters and brothers to do. Know better and do better. Amen. Amen. All Amen. right. We God love bless you. you and your minister. All God right. Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we're in 1 Corinthians. We're looking at chapter 15. You're going to look at verses 24 through 26 and then 54 through 56. Okay, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God to the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. 25, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. 26, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And now verse 54. Mm -hmm. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that it is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. 55. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But amen. Amen. So, so the thing is, Brother Vernon, to answer the question, what does the Holy Bible teach about Jesus Christ's birthday? Nothing. He teaches everything about, about his, his death. death, his death, burial, and resurrection. So if you need a Savior, Amen. if you need a Lord, if you need eternal life, if you need freedom from living a sinful life, Jesus is the answer. He is the only answer. So if you're celebrating Christmas and you believe that it's Jesus' birthday and that's what you're honoring, I ask you to go to the scriptures again. We love you. God bless you. And save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org.
Network. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is... 335852 North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, And don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.